Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay. This is Mara, and Brian is joining me as my co-host. Uh, Brian is going to lead us in an introductory uh, prayer that is just so beautiful to get us all in motion. And Brian? We are here only here to represent him who sent us. We do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us. Content to be wherever he wishes knowing he goes there with us. We will be healed as we let him teach us to heal. Hello and good morning, everyone. I'm Brian. Good morning, Mara. How are you? I am well, thank you. Uh, I love the part of what you just read, knowing he goes there with us. Amen. You know, how often do we all forget that we are all one? alone in this life and it's part of the human circumstance I think that's part of the delusion <laughs> you know that we are separate uh, but exactly. yes I love that I love that I'm great how about you tell us about your Thanksgiving oh my Thanksgiving was fantastic I had, uh, my aunt come down from uh, Northern California with um, you know even more north than you, uh, way up in Waipika, California, which is about 700 miles here from me in Southern California, and uh, it's actually a, a longer distance than some states in their uh, total length as it is. <laughs> yes. And, uh, so, so she came down, and uh, and my grandfather came over from about 30 miles away, and uh, my great aunt came with him, and we had a fantastic. Uh, Lots of food, lots of wonderful food, and um, good company. And we ended up watching um, It's a Wonderful Life, which I haven't actually seen all the way from the beginning to the end. And what a wonderful, inspirational story that is. And yes. it was just a fantastic uh, day all in all. Oh, that's great. That's great. Mine was too. I went up to uh, Seattle, so I went past Rika and... Uh, Took my mom and dad in the car in a car. We had a rented car, and we went um, we went up to my daughter's house, and uh, with my uh, youngest granddaughter, who's seven years, eight years old. She said her birthday, and my daughter and her husband, and it was wonderful. Lots of food, probably too much food, you know, but it was just truly a yeah. blessing. It really was. Speaking of too much food, let me share something. A friend of mine shared with me this weekend uh, for our listeners, and we welcome you all, welcome you all for coming and listening to our program as often as you do. For the increasing uh, listeners, uh, which I attribute to Brian, because <laughs> I have to tell you, Brian is certainly a bright light. <laughs> but uh, thank you for coming, and, and give this, put this in your holiday basket of thought. Um, my friend, uh, I happened to comment to her that there wasn't a lot of food in my refrigerator 
because I am saddened that I waste it. You know, it's and I thought I was thinking that I was going to start doing the daily shopping event and just buy enough for me for one meal because I throw away fruit, I throw away vegetables, I throw away salad. I'm throwing away food wastefully and making more than I can possibly consume. And she said something that I thought was so generous spirit but also got me thinking. She says, I do the same thing. And so what I have started doing is I have started writing a check to the food bank for my waste. So she writes checks to the food bank in recognition of the fact that she wastes as well as as I'm doing, trying to buy less. But when you buy less, you obviously have more money to share with the food bank. And my friends, uh, at the risk of sounding political, we have an interesting dynamic going on in our country right now. I'm not talking about words like recession and do we have a recession or do we not. Come on, we all know we do. We've all known it's been tighter since gas prices started spiraling last year or going upward, uh, spiraling up. And the circumstance for most of us is this year is different, not because necessarily we're making less money right now, though for some that's true, but because we spend so much money on gas, <laughs> you know, and other things, heating our houses. I said to Brian, I went to get a blanket to cover up with, and I said, I haven't been heating my house. Yesterday was the first time I turned the heater on, and I live in Northern California, but it's just so ridiculously expensive that I feel I'm wasting energy and not being green. But in a time, my friends, when we are eliminating jobs through robotronics, for want of a better word, jobs that people used to have, uh, I, with my birthday, I probably looked back on time. There used to be always people out there handing you a parking slip. It wasn't a machine that you pulled it out of. So now every place there's a machine, when you go into a parking lot, think that once was a job. There used to be people who would who would take your money when you left the parking garage, and it wasn't all automated where you put it you you put your money in advance or you you did something uh, you do something that eliminates the need of having a person there. That's a job that's gone. At most airports, and I I travel some, you'll find that there's always one or two gates where you can just push your credit card in to exit the parking lot. That's one or two jobs. If you go to the grocery store and there's now a place where you can scan your own groceries through, kind of a fun thing. I mean, it really is kind of a fun thing. But the reality is those are jobs. People used to work in those places. And if you think about it, and I'm sure many of you are far more creative than I can be, and look around us, the number of jobs we are eliminating. And my friends, as you approach the holidays, and as you look at the waste that you have, and as you think about sharing, think about letting go of the judgment of people who do not have jobs. Because there are fewer jobs to have. 
if you have basic skills, if you chose in this life journey not to become a college-educated professional person, a college-educated IT person, if you chose to live life basically without a lot of education, the number of jobs available for you are, are going down. And so that time uh, that you share with the uh, facilities that provide help for the homeless, um, that money you share is really needed. But also, this should be an impetus for all of us to rethink our attitudes about homelessness. To rethink, do we really need to live in a society some chief executives are making $50 million a year, and no one is talking about cutting their salaries. Instead, people at the bottom rungs, people who make 400 500% less money than they do, are being laid off and becoming unemployed. Is that the kind of society we want? Is that how things should be? I represent some people, and and one of my clients um, hasn't taken a personal salary in a year because she's trying to make sure her workers stay employed. We all make personal choices, my friends. We all make judgments. Let's be sensitive on the subject of jobs. And maybe we need to think about whether we want to support companies who are asking for billion-dollar bailouts in order to make certain that the person at the top gets their $52 million. When I'm trying to save money in my household, I turn off the heat. I look at myself. I evaluate where I, what I can do to help preserve the planet. I try to live more green. I try not to drive my car so much and use so much gasoline. So just a thought. If you're finding that you waste, obviously buy less. But then share some of your money. It'll all come back to you, I promise you. Thank you for letting me have my soapbox here, Brian. Always. Whenever you feel like it, please do. You know, that, that final comment that you made there about giving, and it will always come back to you, you know, it's really been brought to my awareness through a wonderful book called A Course in Miracles. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and um, one thing that this book says so profoundly is that, um, I, I don't know exactly where it is in the book, but it says um, that you must first possess what you would give. In fact, you cannot give what you do not have. Yes. And it goes on to say that, that giving is proof of having and that the world sees it as when you give something, you have lost. 
But in reality, the truth is that what, whatever you give is what you possess. And that is really something that has helped me to shift my way of seeing things. And I truly do realize that, like it tells us in the Bible, it is better to give than to receive. Because whatever you are giving away, indeed you had to possess it first. And once you possess something, you possess it always. It's not temporary. And so when you really do realize, and you realize that the earth is about give and take, and when I say take, it's not um, someone's taking from you. I should actually say the word give and receive. And it's mm-hmm. this constant flux of in and out. In fact, if we all just take a moment and focus on our breath, and I want you all to take a deep breath in, and now let it out. Right there is a wonderful example of giving and receiving. You give the breath and you receive a new one. And then you give that away and you receive a new one. And this is exactly how life flows. And so as we realize, the more that we flow things in our life, the more we will flow with life in all of its wonderful grandeur. You know, it's actually come to my realization that we all, and this is my this is my truth, that a lot of us look at the world kind of backwards in the fact that we try to collect as much as we can and hold on to as much as we can so we can feel comfortable and safe in that. But I'm actually starting to see that I feel more comfortable in the constant flux of things, not actually holding on to things for very long because I realize that these things are not me and these things are temporary. Even this body of mine is temporary. It is going to die one day. But I'm going, I'm going to live on, always, and I will continue to flow. And so when I can really, in a, in a way, detach myself from the connection to things to say that I cannot live without such and such, that I start to find more peace in my life. And as I start to do that, I realize that it's not that I have to give up everything and be like Jesus Christ was and walk amongst the people with, you know, expecting the next family I come across to feed me and, and uh, give me a place to rest for the night because I share, share truth and wisdom with them, it's more that I realize that I'm always cared for by the universe when I trust in the universe and I have faith that I am always cared for. And so that's just something I'd like to share with you to maybe think about. And so I start to see, you know, much like this show we're talking about, is the adjectives that we, we add to things. And a lot of people are looking, a lot of people that I talk, uh, hear talk about our economy right now here in America and the recession and everything and the loss of jobs, even like you were mentioning, and how, like the parking lot, like you were giving us that wonderful example and how there's now an automated system there. You know, we are unlimited creative beings. We can create whatever we want, and we have unlimited potential sitting within us. And I know that when I am doing a job that is simple, um, you know, punching in numbers into the computer or something that another computer can be doing, I actually would love for that uh, computer to to be doing that because I can do so much more than that simplistic um, job, if you will. And so I actually see this as a wonderful 
direction that we're going into and we're going to become even more creative beings. You know, if we if we think about it, if we think about all those jobs right now that are now being taken by computers that used to be taken by people, that has now set those people free to discover themselves the more talents than they ever thought necessary before just because they were sitting in this safe job that paid them but didn't require them to be very creative, if you will. It was more like you knew what your job was and you just followed through on it. And I think there's a loss of creativity in there at times. Not to say that interacting with people as you take their money, you can't pass along wonderful energies. Indeed, you do. But I think we're so much more than that. And we need to be tapping into our creativity. And when we're bogged down with, you must work <coughs> you know, so, uh, so many hours a day at a certain job, and you're not free to discover yourself, then you're almost walking around like a, a walking robot, if you will, rather than a human being who has more in them than that. That's just one I way agree. that I see it. No, no, I think that is so beautifully said, and I really, truly agree with that. About seven or eight months ago, maybe not quite that long ago, I asked a friend who's an economist to explain to me, what is economy? You know, every time uh, I would get near a course called economics, I suddenly got that glitch, like, oh, this is not me, and I wouldn't take it. And she says, it's a study of the allocation of scarce resources. I says, okay. And I says, I have such a hard time with that. And she says, that's because you're committed to the to the uh, or you have embraced the study of the one resource that is not scarce, love. Amen. You know, and uh, it's so. My friends, I, I uh, am going to plug Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversation with God, uh, book three here, if I may. Uh, it it has a beautiful, beautiful discussion. Uh, perhaps it, it's not. Um, First of all, let me tell you, you don't have to use a code, and you don't have to look at numbers to find out what the hidden meaning is. Okay? It's right there in front of us. And I know uh, Brian and I have talked about there being the end of the anti-love, the anti-Christ era, that we're now entering a new time, a time of love, of peace, of joy, of being free to find yourself. And Neil Donald Walsh's Conversation with God, Book 3, talks about how we, what we do to make this happen. And one of the parts is that it talks about how there should be a floor be- below which no one's income can fall. Around the world, my friends. Not just in this country, but around the world. I think the fear of, I, I know there's a word for it, there's a Christian word for it, uh, the fear of becoming globally aware is, uh, is, is a human concept. But becoming globally aware that there is enough food for everyone. There should be no Darfur. There should be no Somalia. There should be no place where people are not eating. There should be no New York City with people living on grates. We don't have to go to the rest of the world to see hunger, starvation. There should be Appalachia. And once we start putting that in our mind, let us end hunger. Let us end homelessness. 
let us not expect people to be deserving and worthy, but simply they are worthy because they are human. Let's build and create an infrastructure where the drugs that sustain life are no longer more profitable, not marketed. Let us recognize that there is only so much money anyone needs. And I've said it before, and and I'll go down for it, and Brad Pitt, you can call in. I don't think you and Angela Jolie do enough. Oprah, you're not doing enough. You have too much. So the challenge is to give. And when you give a million dollars, but you make 52 million three or four times a year, that million is the equivalent of a homeless person giving a penny. But Neil Donald Walsh in Conversation with God, book three, talks about what kind of shift in positive thinking, in adjectives, in the vision that you have for the future and what it would involve. And part of it is the recognition of the unique value of each and every person walking this planet. Each person is uniquely created, divinely inspired. Each person is valuable and worthy. And we need to begin to look out and see more in people than they may be showing or than we may be seeing. Talking about them in terms of wonderful beauty that they are the glistening soul that is there, as opposed to in terms of what beautiful things they own. People who speak the word do not have to be poor in order to be worthy. But we all need to be rich, in our reaction and our way of dealing with others. We all need to be looking for solutions to a situation where it is true that we are creative, vital beings. But how the question that looms in front of the father and mother in a home is how will we feed our children? while we are pursuing our creative endeavors. If there, we have and know enough that we can turn to automation, then how do we take care of sustenance? And I suggest, my friends, that in this time, as we're moving away from the Antichrist era, that we do not take care of sustenance by leaving families in parks, in cars. Standing in line at food kitchens. 
that we start looking around at the rest of the world and start learning. You know, I used to uh, go to some meetings where they would say, it was it was a program called Al-Anon, so I'm outing myself. And they would say, take what you like and leave the rest behind. Whenever we look at other countries around the world, we tend to look at the good and the bad and the ugly, and we sometimes step right past the good because the others may not appeal to us. Why don't we look at the world, the global economy as a whole, and take what is good, what is positive, what is sustaining for people, and work to move that positive approach to life forward, recognizing that if we eliminate jobs, then we create potentially hungry families unless we start sharing. Conversation with God, book three. Very uplifting. Answers lots of questions. Thank you, Brian. I, I once again have have been on my soapbox here as we're talking about the adjectives that reflect our visions. What ones are you using, my friend? My friends out there, I know that when I use negative ones, I tend to lose my peace. So, Brian, um, I'm sorry, you started to speak, and I think I spoke over you. Oh, no worries. I was, uh, once again, um, you know, I one thing I talk about on my show all the time. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what's going on with my some phlegm, I guess. Um, one thing I talk about on my show all the time is that never to be afraid of speaking your truth in whatever moment you're speaking that truth. And so, for instance, like you're sharing your truth with with us, to feel free to do that and know that in that moment that you're, you're sharing that truth, that is your truth in that moment, and not to have to hide from it or worry about anything that you say. Because I believe, and I've experienced in my own life, that as I speak my truth in every moment, I become more clear at who I am and what it is I believe. And so, and whenever I say something, and then realize that after I've said it, it no longer is my truth, then it's a blessing because it's now helped me to see who I truly am. And so I'm of the belief that we should always be true to ourselves in every moment. And as we do so, we might not say something that is always loving, if you will, but the second we recognize that that phrase that we said or word that we said wasn't the right word, or wasn't the, who, what we truly believe, then we are given the gift and the blessing of seeing the truth of that matter. And so I praise you and honor you for speaking what it is that you're feeling in this moment about your life in general and, of course, the world at large. And as you've been sharing that, it's you know it's been coming to my awareness that... We are indeed coming into a time of sharing more. You know, speaking of my Thanksgiving and watching the movie It's a Wonderful Life, you know, at the end there, 
the whole reason why George Bailey wanted to kill himself was because he misplaced $8,000, and that was going to spell big trouble for him personally and for the really the city at large. And they all, at the end, came together and pitched in a little bit to help out to to make up that money. And when George was in his time of need, he saw all the the wonderful deeds that he'd done for his life come back to him in that one wonderful instant. And mm-hmm. it's really brought, come to my awareness that if we come together and realize that we are indeed of the same family, and that family being the human family, yeah. and we care for one another and look after one another, and like Neil Donald Walsh shares in, in his books, all throughout his books, is that we should all have a, like you said, we have a minimum um, amount of money that we make or the most basic of needs are taken care of. For instance, we all have a, a roof over our head. We all have um, food in our stomach. We all have clothes to wear. You know, the basic necessities are all handled just because you're a human being. And then after that, you're free to go about um, collecting more things if you want or having different experiences in your life. Whatever it is that you want to experience beyond that, you have to go out and do. But the basic necessities should all be handled just because we are of the same family. And, you know, I, I talk about this with people, and they say, well, some people don't want to take care of their homes, and, you know, they're always looking at the negative, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, if we allow people to be free and we respect them for who they are, and like you keep talking about um, with a certain friend of yours, that you keep letting him know that he has certain gifts and he is enough, that they will be free to explore themselves and discover themselves even more. A lot of times I know that I felt personally that I didn't feel comfortable with discovering myself because people were already telling me who I was. And whenever I would declare who I was, and people didn't agree with that, I would go, oh, maybe that's not true. And I would kind of fall back into the the comfort of what everybody else thought I should be. And it wasn't until I set myself free and said, I'm free to be who I choose to be, that I found true peace. And so it's not something that we all have to go find for ourselves. They can be given to us by others, by when we allow people to be free. And so when we start to share that in our lives with everyone around us, because as we know, the, everything starts from, from within. We've all heard the term, if you don't go within, you go without. And so it all starts with it within. And so, like Gandhi tells us, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. And so as I change these things within me, the world changes around me because I am creating my reality. That's right. And you are in every moment defining who you are. Exactly. Every moment. And so, and, I, and because I am connected with everyone else, I am helping everyone else to find themselves in a certain way. You know, I don't know if you've heard of this um, wonderful um, scientist, I guess, uh, Dr. David Hawkins. He's written a wonderful book called Power Versus Force. And he no. does... Okay, I, I, I definitely suggest reading it. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful book with an interesting concept. And the gist of his concept is that through a technology or through a... You've heard of kinesthesiology before? Yes, where I you're, have. Okay. 
So he uses kinesthesiology to um, determine what someone's level of awareness is, if you will. And he has determined that uh, people like Mother Teresa and, and Jesus were of the 800 level range in, in awareness, 1,000 being the highest. And uh, when you get above the level of 200, you're now, you're now leaving the range of fear into the range of love. And on a global scale, he says that mankind right now is actually, on average, in the uh, range of 200 for the first time ever in modern history. Wow. And, you know, that dates back to about 3,000 years ago. And so on a global scale, our level is about 200 at this moment, which tells us right there about the end of Antichrist and the beginning of love. And so... And another concept that he gives is if one person reaches the, the level of a thousand, we all reach the level of a thousand together. And that's because we all are connected. And the reason I can agree with that is because I see that in my life, is that as I change, my perceptions or my adjectives that I add to people when I describe them or think about them change. And so therefore, my experience of that person change. And so when I can see people like you talk about all the time, more than what they're showing me, when I can see that in them, that sets them free to show that to me actually with my eyes too, physically. Yeah. It, it gives that person back to themselves and their highest potential is able to come out because I have allowed them to. I have set them free. And so yeah. I try to do that in my life all the time and I notice that as I do that more, not only do I feel more, but the world around me heals more. And that's how we can all affect the world um, individually, which is the only way we truly can affect the world. Exactly, exactly. And could you imagine if uh, what, um, what it would be like if, uh, if, if when we accept individual accountability, uh, if, if I'm sitting in the top of uh, the Sears Tower, um, and I don't know, that's probably not the right place for, maybe I'm sitting at the top of a, a giant tower in Detroit managing an automobile company, and I look down and I say, gee, sales are bad. Can you imagine the message that would, would reverberate the effect of a decision that I need to take less money? Let me get my house in order. Let's all take a little bit less. You know, uh, or and his little bit less or her little bit less would be millions of dollars potentially, but everybody's sharing in the burden of where our culture is now and our country is now, as opposed to putting all of the burden on some and not on others. We're not sharing the burden even with the housing industry. Uh, many people um, saw foresaw that there was... Things were askew with housing prices in California and in other places across the country, that there, there was just something wrong there. And instead of taking action to evaluate and fix it, we allowed greed, avarice, gluttony, no personal accountability to rush ahead. And now we have many, 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 working class families and others who 
are paying for houses that aren't worth what they paid for them. And then we have the people who have been affected by our nightmare who are able to get relief and have their house adjusted down to what it really is valued. And in the process of adjusting their house down, they adjust down the value of their neighbor's houses, but their neighbors aren't getting their loans adjusted a corresponding amount. So those we, we have set up a weird kind of cyclical effect that we need to step back and reevaluate from the ground up. Is it fair that those people who are in homes who have been able to make the payment, who did uh, honor their deal, are not getting the same relief that we're talking about giving to people who uh, I believe were taken advantage of by the housing market, the lending industry, uh, because we've we've pushing ourselves down in that in uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, which was the book we used in my Al-Anon group, there was one thing. Uh, there's a message to the families or to the wives, I think. And the message to the wife was that basically you pray for your husband's bottom. And the reason you pray for that bottom is because then you are reborn. There's a chance for something new. The same with uh, the tarot. Death really means life in the tarot. And when you, we, you and I were talking earlier and you drew to my attention that I had used an adjective, unfortunately, to describe the recession, and that really I probably should have said fortunately, that is, is so true. We need to look at what happens in our lives as providing us an opportunity to grow, to change, to be more, and allowing us more time and more opportunity to love. Starting with ourselves, it's back to the Book of Miracles as you were describing it. If, if you don't have love in yourself, for yourself, what you're sharing is empty. If you just completely give yourself away, but you don't see the value in who you are, you've left yourself with nothing. And that is a fertile ground for negative adjectives, such as such as feeling defeated, feeling resentful, feeling taken advantage of, forgotten, valueless, uncared for. But if you look at taking time to love yourself and then from that self-love sharing your love with others, developing a world, a pattern of love starting with you and let that shine out to others so that you're modeling 
That is part of the new age that we are entering, the new time of love. You know, I'm led to share something here on something personal that's happening in my life right now. And that is that I'm going to, I got my regular job and I'm going to school and I've got the radio show. And so I've got a a packed schedule. And in my school, I, I in a way, I took on too much work from the school to, to go along with what I've already got going on. And to add to that, in my painting class, I don't feel like I have enough um, groundwork um, in other artistic uh, avenues such as drawing and color theory to uh, get all to experience painting the way I know I can experience painting. And so throughout the semester, which is going to be over this week, um, I haven't finished all the stuff that I need to finish to, to finish all the work that the professor has given me. And, you know, I've at times kind of said, okay, well, I have to push myself and, and finish this work um, so I can get this grade. And every time I have that thought, Right away, another thought comes into my mind that, no, forcing myself to do something that I don't feel like doing in this moment is not going to be beneficial to me, and I don't need to attach myself to other people's expectations. Now, I understand that I'm the one who signed up for the class, so I took on the burden. It's not someone else's burden being pushed on me, but I think we can relate to this in many different avenues, In sometimes it's burdens we put upon ourselves, and sometimes it's burdens other people expect from us. But just the same, it's burdens that we can feel. And in this burden, if you will, I'm not allowing it to be a burden because I'm saying, okay, if I get an F in this class or a C or a D, that doesn't matter to me. That's just someone else is going to look at that and assume something. But if they ask me why, and I simply told them because I didn't feel motivated to do it, that's enough for me. I don't Mm -hmm. need someone else's approval to tell me, Mm -hmm. well, that's not good enough. You should have given you all. Because I'm really understanding that if we push ourselves to do something that we are not feeling like doing, we are not loving ourselves in that moment. And that's not to say that I shouldn't push myself in this moment, because sometimes pushing yourself in a a certain moment is loving yourself. But to me, it's not clear. So to me, when I'm not clear about something, I feel the best thing I could do is sit and be with that and let it come to me let the motivation come from within rather than having someone else try to push it upon me. And that's just something I wanted to share um, with something that's going on with me personally at, at, at this moment. You know, that. thank you. Thank you. Let it come to me. My friends, how often do we sit back and just let things come to us instead of driving forward as rapidly as we can to pull it toward us. I recently said to someone, um, it, it was about a person whose feelings felt slighted. I don't know how much self-love the person has for themselves or not. I just know that they tend to lead with negativity, and yet I know that's not their perception of themselves. And I said, you know, maybe you should wait and let the door be opened and have you invited in. 
I think that you would find a better reception than you are finding now as you are forcing yourself in. Let it come to me. Oh, wise statement, Brian. Let it come to us, my friends. Sometimes we need to just let go and stop trying to maneuver people around to the desired result we want and have faith that the result that love is bringing to us, that God is delivering, is in fact a solution that will probably be better. We've all been in circumstances when uh, when finally it went ripped out of our hands and things went the way they did. It was much better than we ever imagined. Much, much better than we ever imagined. Brian, we are at 15 minutes, and I think that um, we probably have about enough time for you to take all of our talks about our view of life, how we can take our view, and who knows, this might be a topic we want to talk about again too, but how the words we use, the eyes we see the world with, whether we accept or fight, uh, whether we embrace others or we push them away, whether we embrace ourselves, all of those things play a role in what is unfolding right before us. And I would ask if you would like to lead us in a breathing exercise. Uh, usually it will take about the last few minutes, and when we finish, we can say our goodbyes for next week. Okay. All right. All right, let me um, – I think I will play um, for us – I'd like to – I had set it up. Hold on just a moment. I thought I had set up that. I'm going to play uh, Daniel Kobialka's Pathless Journey uh, while you're leading us. And uh, here we go. Okay, I want you all to get comfortable in your chairs or in any position, whether it be sitting on the floor, that allows you to feel most comfortable and most relaxed. And even if that be laying down. And I want you to take care that your spine is straight, so that helps you to stay balanced and allows the energy to flow through you. And as we Get comfortable. I want you to now start to breathe, taking care that you pay attention to your breath, taking deep breaths in and out, in and out. And if you haven't already closed your eyes, please feel free to close your eyes now. As we continue to breathe, giving our focus and attention to our breath, feeling the wonderful giving and receiving that the universe gives us at all times, which we can call our breath, the source of life itself.
And as we continue to breathe with the realization that this gift that we do not even have to think about is always there taking care of us, giving us the gift of life, we can realize that we are always taken care of as long as we are breathing. And indeed, we are always taken care of even after the last breath of this body. Because life is what we are. And as we come to that realization and we continue to breathe in and out, taking deep breaths, we begin to feel energy entering us, surging throughout every inch of our body entering and leaving every cell of the body. This breath flows through every ounce of our body. And as we pay attention to that and feel it moving throughout our body, we see that we are always becoming anew with every breath. That every breath that we take in, that we receive, is indeed a new breath of life. And every time we breathe out, we realize that we are letting go of something that is no longer necessary. In fact, something that is necessary that we must let go to receive the next. Because if we hold on to our breath for too long, we start to see chaos. We start to feel the angst of our body saying, let go, let go, so I can receive something new, something fresh, something renewing. So as we continue to breathe in, receiving that renewing, loving breath, we now release it so that someone else can share in that wonderful breath. And we, as we give to another, we once, we once again receive from another. Every time we breathe in and out, we are giving and receiving. And any time that we might feel that we are in chaos, we're at a loss for something, and we don't know where to go, we can always sit, relax, concentrate on our breath, and once again be reminded that we are always cared for. And life is about giving and receiving. And we can never connect from that truth, from that wonderful, glorious truth. And now as we continue to breathe into the nose and out to the mouth, we might feel the energies in our body rising as we come to these realizations and feel these wonderful sensations inside of our body. And we might feel our chest in the heart area expanding as we feel more love, not only for ourselves, but once again for everyone as we continue to give and receive breath, the source of life itself. And as this wonderful loving vibration flows throughout us, 
connecting all of ourselves together, we realize that since the breath is what gives the cells life and it connects us with everyone else, and all of our own cells are connected, we are indeed connected with everyone else and everything else that has life. And if we think of that, and we realize that ourselves themselves are breathing in this air, and releasing this air, giving this air, and we can realize that everything else is made up of cells and photons, that everything is breathing, and everything is in constant movement, and nothing ever stays stagnant. But it's only when we try to stay stagnant that we start to find chaos and fear in our lives. Again, just to bring you back to the awareness of if you hold your breath. And let's all do that right now. Let's hold our breath. Take in a nice deep breath. And now hold it. And start to see what sensations you feel as you hold your breath. You might feel a tightening in your chest right now. And you might feel yourself starting to tighten up all around your body. As your body says, please let go of this. Please, please let go. And now as we let go, you feel your whole body say, ah, as it relaxes once again and now as we once again return to our nice deep breath we connect with the fact that life is always about giving and receiving and in fact every time you give that is when you feel the most relaxed and now let's take that deep breath in again and as we give the breath we realize that that's when we feel most relaxed and giving can be the most peaceful thing that we do in our lives now with that said let's once again sit with our breath and with this knowledge and be grateful for this truth, taking in a breath and giving a breath. Receiving a breath and giving a breath. Receiving a breath. and giving a breath. Taking a breath and giving a breath. And now as we once again find the peace within us, find the relaxation, I want you to slowly Open your eyes. 
and see all around you that you are indeed breathing with your entire environment always, connected with your environment that you see around you now always. And all you simply must do is realize that is to remember your breath. Let's reach out with our right hand. And as you do, feel the energy of your breath flowing through your body and feel the connection of you with all of our listeners now and for all times, as well as all who are on this planet. And now reach out your left arm and feel us grabbing hands and holding hands as we Circle this planet with our absolute dead bang certainty that we are all connected with one another. And now I would like you to breathe in a breath. And as you breathe out, breathe out a giving, awakening breath for those who are hungry. Breathe in, and now breathe out an empowered breath, inspiring others and ourselves to help everyone who does not have enough food, manifesting an end to pictures of hungry children and adults. Now breathe in. And collectively, let's find housing for people. Not based on a standard of worthiness other than they are human. And as you breathe out, breathe out the powerful gift of food and hunger. Ending hunger and housing, ending homelessness. Let's breathe in and then collectively breathe out hope, faith, charity for one another. Hope and belief the time of change is on us. Faith that we are all one and that we are moving toward a 1,000 recognition. Charity in spirit to see more than others. Divine One, guide us today and every day in remembering we are never alone, that we know that you are always there with us. Thank you for that reminder. My friends, I say namaste to you. I encourage you to watch uh, Brian's radio program, Radiating Love, Without Expectation for Nara Narayama, and um, I send blessings to each of you. You have made my day.
full of connected breath. Thank you. Brian, I'm going to let you close. Please always remember that life is everything and you are life. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Mara. Take care. You too. Namaste. Namaste.